Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Of course, I am not here alone. I am here with our two regular hosts, the scientist himself, DPP, and, well, Mr. Lawyer Man, David Ungar. Gentlemen, how are you? Feeling good. Wonderful. Good to be back. Yeah. Back in the saddle. Is there anything significant about the number 38, like the number 37 last week? No, no, no. I was very proud. I was very, that was very serendipitous the way that worked out, by the way, that (laughs) 37 happened to be the episode that, that we, we caught that on. So 37. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a classic moment. It was (laughs) such a great move. Great. uh, Sorry. I have a, an insect in the in the vicinity of my face it's very annoying it's hopefully it's not as long as it's not a murder hornet you're going to be okay probably no 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 murder hornets no murder hornets yet though i i've heard allegedly one was spotted in massachusetts what um like a single one i don't know like it could over there i don't know i mean this is the era of everything going wrong like this year has been everything is going wrong so is it really that big of a surprise no no, not really. So yeah, so there you go. Um, real quick, DP, welcome back uh, after a week off. Good to have you. We missed you. Tony filled in admirably, uh, taking care of the aforementioned thirty-seven sound clip uh, for yeah. us in the in the episode, which I loved. But figured I'd give you a chance. I don't know if you had it. I know you were out. I don't know if you had a chance. But we talked all of our like sort of Comic Con overviews last week of like panels we actually got to catch and i don't know if, if things were too busy did you get to catch anything from comic-con before things went crazy yeah i did actually i, I was unfortunately missed the episode but uh, i did want to you know i was i really did want to talk about a lot of them because i did i did get through a bunch i saw i i listened to the episode you guys talked a lot about the boys uh, season two and the whole boys panel which was probably one of my favorites and watching that that trailer clip that they showed was just brutal <laughs> watching that that whale get just run through by, by butcher on the, on the boat uh important deep man yeah, yeah deep can't catch a break i thought you know i really weird because i thought he was gonna kind of i was thinking he was more gonna turn to the other side there because he's been so beaten down by the seven that he would maybe right. join yeah. forces with the other side but it doesn't look like it at least based on that clip uh, so that was a fun one. I shocking to hear Homelander was Australian. I guess I didn't know that, but when he started talking, I was like, "Oh, Jesus, that's his real voice." Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was surprising. Um, I watched, um, of course, watched Bob Burgers and Archer. Very excited for the next seasons. I was a little disappointed that they didn't really give any spoilers away. No trailers. Um, you know, they they weren't that. I guess they weren't that great of panels. Um, but I watched the the New Mutants one was good. I, I loved mm-hmm. seeing all the kind of the clips from that. I know you guys talked about it a lot. I thought it was really fun at the beginning of that panel that they played a little trailer and showed the the release dates and then crossed it out and the next release date and crossed it out. And so they yeah, kind of had some fun with it at least. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but those are those are kind of the ones that stood out. I watched the Mystery Science Theater three thousand one. See that they're coming back with some new stuff which is pretty cool. Um, the panel itself seemed kind of, I don't know, kind of dry. And 
and slow. They they were I don't know didn't know who to first to talk, and they kind of it felt a little awkward. But I'm excited that they're coming back with some new stuff too. Uh, those are the ones I pretty much remember the most. Hey, but yeah, it was I good mean, stuff. It was definitely some good stuff. Um, they had a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah, I think Dave and I both like overall felt that it was a pretty good showcase for what it for what it was you know with you had to go in there with lowered expectations like i read an article review afterwards that was like hits and misses of of san diego comic-con at home and i found it really interesting that there were all these panels that were like these were all great blah 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 blah. this was great and then one of their big misses was san diego comic-con and i'm like what i feel like that's grossly unfair to say like that they gave you content as best they could and you're gonna do- kind of dog it because they tried like yeah, that's that's tough like in this in this year you can't really do right. that i mean this is that's the best they can you can do you can't have these conventions right now and you know they made the effort to make this all you know online and, and through you know youtube and whatever they use zoom and, and you know actually had guests come on on some right. of these and be able to talk to the, some of the people so it's like and what else are you supposed to do? You know, you're trying, it's, you can't really dog anything this year, honestly. I don't know if you guys caught it during this week on the board gaming side of things. I mean, it's totally board game related. Uh, Gen Con did their 2020 convention virtually as well. So uh, I know like I was watching the f- uh, Fantasy Flight panel where they're revealing stuff. And like and the biggest thing I saw was uh, it's a game. It's called Descent. They've had the second edition, which has been around. It's like a, a cooperative dungeon crawl, Patrick, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, now they come out with a third edition, and this box is fucking massive. It's like, holy shit, that's that's a major upgrade. I mean, there's too much stuff in the second edition, and now this third edition. So I think like on the board gaming front, that was some of the biggest news that came out of Gen Con. I only watched parts of it because um, there was a lot of that going on. But yeah, Descent third edition has got a lot of board gamers like me. Very excited. You have to talk to Justin, see what he thinks about uh, Descent 3rd Edition coming out. But yeah, that box is massive. I'm like, damn, that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe the figure we're going to be indoors forever. <laughs> we might. Also, it's going to be we a while. Might. That's yeah, for sure. it's going to be a while. That. I just, yeah, it, uh, it seems like there's no end in sight. It's like it turned around well, and there we go. We're still still going. Yeah, we are. I mean, but it, it is it is interesting out there right now. You know, you got five different vaccines that they're having people try out for, and <clears throat> that's encouraging. But yeah, you're looking at December, January at best. Right. You know, you've got the stuff going on with the sports leagues have all started. I love the, hey, this is all I'm going to say, NHL playoffs are fantastic. All the 5-12 matchups are going like March Madness with the 12s winning game one, both of them yesterday. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be too much fun. Hockey's always one of the toughest sports to predict when it comes to playoff time. There is no like, home ice advantage. It, the, the, it, it's irrelevant. Yeah, the land of par- the land of parity is a very very real thing. Yeah, I mean an eight beating a one is very plausible, and I know because my Capitals took it in the shorts. Well, I like can't a, remember what many what times. seed the Blues were. I can't remember what seed the Blues were last year when they won it they all. Weren't they weren't a one. No, because they snuck into the like they had to make a late charge. They were right. the worst record in the NHL. That's right in January. When, when they went on this ridiculous run to get into the, like they kind of back way backed into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, not back. I mean, they surged into the playoffs and then went on the run to end all runs. Who's the goalie obviously. Bennington or Billington? Jordan, Jordan Bennington. Yeah. yeah. The, that guy just really 
took them. And now, once, yeah, once once he became the guy, sorry. like yeah, it turned everything around. It was it was like, a lot of yeah, that's a lot of what hockey is too. It, I mean, Goal that goalie getting on a hot streak yep. is is killer, man. When it comes to the playoffs, if they're on a hot streak, man, watch out. Oh yeah, that's the team to beat. Yeah, like the Capitals well, in I, 2010 had no business losing to Montreal, but Yaroslav Halak stops fucking 100 shots over two games. What are you going to do? Right. Well, that was the thing with the Blues in, game, in that, you know, that series went seven games. And Jordan Bennington, if you go back and watch the first period, first two periods of that game, first period in particular, Jordan Bennington wins that game for, for the Blues. Oh, against Boston. Boston, Boston yeah. Boston dominated ice time in the attack zone. St. Louis Blues scored a goal early and scored a, a great goal late catching, um, God, what's his name for the Bruins? I can't remember his name, but he caught somebody napping. They were trying, they, they left too early to, on a shift change, which created an odd man rush for the Blues to get a late goal in the, in the first to put them up two to nothing after the first period. But Jordan Bennington was standing on his head in that game. It was ridiculous. And like so many times watching Boston just own the zone and being like, get out, get it out, do something. And the blues, like he held the line until the blues got their feet underneath them and, and kind of even things out the rest of the way. And that's how the blues won. They got a good shot at repeating. Um, I would have as good as anybody. Yeah. (laughs) The way that this year's set up, who knows? So we got a little bit of a lighter show in front of us this week, guys. Uh, not a not a heavy news day in, in the word, world of the nerdosphere, at least in my opinion. So we do have a new show to review. We're going to talk about the first episode of Umbrella Academy, and then we're going to shuffle things up a little bit with, with the show reviews and, and tackle more episodes since season two just dropped on Netflix a couple days ago. And little birdie told me at least one of us has gotten a start on it. <laughs> and so we might as well, yeah, see what we can do to get caught up. Yeah. You know who you were. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was the person who wa- is watching it. That is the little birdie. So it's fine. Uh, and then just, uh, you know, a couple of, just a few random news bites that are floating around that I saw one. I almost made the main point of the, of the show, but ended up putting it as the first half thing in terms of G4 TV. Yes. Another, another animated DC film coming to us sooner rather than later, a trailer dropped and figured since we love talking about the movie theater so much, we might as well talk about what I did think was the big news bite of the day of the week. Um, some news out of universal and AMC theaters, a deal has been struck gentlemen mm-hmm. and it's pretty significant. So movie theaters are going to be like the lost arc pretty soon. You know, just, Hey, pretty, pretty soon. Knock it off down there. The dogs disagree. Of course they do. They always do. <laughs> so before we get into all of that this week, was the first week ever of the nerd review being a duet instead of a trio. And that's okay because I feel like between you and I, Dave, we did an admirable job of covering blade. Almost identical scores. Shocking. Pretty dark, pretty darn close. close. I was still, I was still more harsh than you, I think, or was it the other way around? You were a little bit slightly. I gave it, I was over, I was over the two and a half point mark though. I gave it a three. You got over the Mendoza line. There you go. I did. I did. Um, 
And it was fun to it was fun to go back and watch that because I forgot just how kind of over the top and ridiculous that that show is. Yeah, I mean, you had mentioned Blade. What was it a few weeks ago when we were doing that? And we were, had that episode where we tackled all those heavy topics about, um, you know, stuff that was, with superheroes. That article that the gal did for Time Magazine that we were, you know, well, yeah, the one they, they gave you the red ass, the one that the one that I hated <laughs> and that you guys didn't like, but weren't as as uh, pissed off as I was about it. But uh, you'd mentioned passionate. Blade. We'll say passionate. Yeah, you mentioned Blade in that one. It's kind of like the forebearer for a lot of what the MCU did. And when you when you watch it back, it's it's like, yeah, this I really forgot how good of a movie this was and and how fun it was. And yeah, I think that, that like I said in the review, the second half, it, the plot just kind of starts to kind of close in on itself because they try and overcomplicate things and do too much. But it's still a really fun movie. And um, I mean, they capture Blade pretty well. I thought, I mean, the character, I, like I said in, in the review, I'm curious to see what the MCU does with the character and, and how they're going to, you know, are they going to carbon copy what Wesley Snipes did, which I can't see that happening. Nah, um, I can't see that. Being and, you know, it. how are I they going to, how are they going to portray him? Cause he, I, I mean, he is part of the darker side of where we think Marvel, we think the MCU is going to go a little bit darker in phase four for sure. Um, so I imagine he'll be in there in some places, but yeah, it's a fun movie. I, I was g- glad that the uh, the people voted that one in and gave me a chance to go back and watch. And I got to watch two and three as well. Yeah, I was a little surprised that it was the one that won, but absolutely was happy to to get back and watch it. TP, you got you. any thoughts at all about Blade? Have you ever seen Blade? Do you remember Blade? I gotta tell you, I I, I had never seen Blade. Oh! I was disappointed because Steven I didn't Dorf have the time. Explodes, man. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have the time to watch it, and I was very, I was really disappointed because I did want to watch it and and put a review out there for it because I think it would have been kind of fun because this is of the movies so far, this is the first time I is a movie that I haven't seen or you know haven't seen a thousand times, so it would have been really fun. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch it. That's for sure. I sense a um, homework assignment for DP. Yeah. Extra credit. I <laughs> will do a bonus. I'll throw a bonus one out. Bonus there. review. <laughs> So, but this week's poll results are in, and I was—I gotta tell you, we we on the show when we put out the the kick-ass women poll, we we thought it would be a closer vote than it was, and boy howdy were we not only wrong, we were like super wrong, because apparently Uma Therma kicking ass is what people want us to review, for which stunned two, me for the next two weeks. Yeah. Apparently, we're gonna have to do that now. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who don't remember, we put out uh, a movie with a different female lead that was a, a woman in an ass-kicking role. We went with Charlize Theron with The Old Guard, which I thought, because it was a new movie on Netflix, might get some watch, you know, get some interest. We did a DC movie and a Marvel movie. We hit Wonder Woman and Superman, and then we did Kill Bill. Captain uh, with Marvel. With Therm- Captain Marvel. What did I, Superman? He's basically, yeah. she's basically. Sort of the same thing. Woman, in a sense. Anyway, but Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. So I told you, my brain's a little off today. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then Kill Bill, which is basically a five-hour movie that was released in two parts, won out big. Like big. Yeah. I really, I didn't think it was going to win. I thought we would get either Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel. Like I really thought that people would go that direction. And the, But the voters, voters have spoken 
Yeah, yeah, I would have figured Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman would have won just for the DC Marvel connection and recency. Captain Marvel, you know, as far as the universe goes, probably would have won out. I thought, and then I was kind of hoping for the for the Charlize Throne movie just because it was something new and something different. Uh, but yeah, I thought, thought they would love no, for no luck. Current. It got <laughs> shut out, didn't it? Yeah, I don't think it garnered a single vote. Wow. That's that. I don't. I don't know if that's happened before, but I guess yeah. We're going to be watching five hours of Kill Bill this week. Uh. Well, I guess. How do we want to do it? Do we want to split it over two different reviews? Do we want to look him look at them as distinct movies, or do we want to hit Volume One and Volume Two? Because that is a lot of watching. It is, but they really are, like you said, it is one movie over five hours split up in two parts. I mean, it really is a continuation of one or the other. So. I don't know. Whatever you guys want to do is fine with me. Um, I, you know, I'm not even sure if I've seen yeah. all of them <laughs> back to back. I've seen the, uh, I've seen the first one a few times. The second one, I think maybe one time I've seen it. Um, yeah, but it'll I be prefer... fun to go back and watch them. I, it depends, I guess, on when we're going to release the thing. I mean, we should probably split it out. I, honestly, I think just because it is two movies in a sense. I mean, right. it's one story, but it's two movies. That'd be like saying you're going to watch. You know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi because it is a continuation of the story. But there you go. We're gonna watch gonna all nine Star Wars and review the whole <laughs> fucking saga in one paragraph. Uh, in one paragraph. Oh. Yeah. Dave, I have yet to see you review any of our movies in one paragraph. I've yet to see you <laughs> review any of them in one paragraph. I never said I I did. I usually I, I'm usually a two to three paragraph guy. I own that. I know. DP's the only one who's the master of efficiency here. The he scientist, right. you know. That's right. You can tell his background. That's right. <laughs> One paragraph done. This movie was yep. good. See you later. Quick love, <laughs> synopsis, opinion, end. Cool. So <laughs> I, I don't I think, see that on my video game reviews. I will tell you that. Well, that's a full article. That is like, a full that's, article. That's you, that's you doing a full article, whereas the you know the nerd review each of us is doing a little is doing our own little snippet. So I think that I get the difference. But. Yeah, so I think what we just decided there is that we will we will put the nerd review poll on hiatus for a week to talk Kill Bill Volume One, and then we'll just go into Volume Two for next week for the following week, and that takes care of the nerd review poll. And then uh, I talked to you guys about this off air, but that that leads you to the show on the 16th, where I'm not going to be here. So the nerd review poll, should you choose to have one, is in your hands, gentlemen. Ooh, DP. We could go crazy. What are the what are the what are the movies Patrick hates? We could put those in there. Uh, the Rise, Rise of Skywalker, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, we already did that. Never we already did, did Dumb that. and Dumber. Any <laughs> any Fairly Brothers movie again? <laughs> right. I can't think of one Fairly Brothers movie I like. Any Zack Snyder movie again? Except for Watchmen. Except for Watchmen. I, I'm I'm more forgiving on Watchmen, but. Yeah, so you guys will have two weeks of nerd reviewing where you, you have total control over over the poll and what we do. And I know Dave floated an idea in the, the nerd uh, the bandwagon nerds chat too that could be could be an idea as well. But I'll uh, I'll leave that to the two of you. And you know, if I can get those movies watched and, and a review in, uh, I I will definitely try to do so. I'll be attentive to it. So because uh, I don't want to miss out. And I think you know while I can't do the shows, I probably have time to do the write-ups. I'm sure we will approach it scientifically, won't we, DP? Oh, as always. I mean, that's what the only way change. to go. It's science. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. 
All right. So that'll be our plan for the next couple of weeks. You got a double dose of Kill Bill and Uma Thurman coming your way, audience. But we also have a new show as a result of last week's poll because we ended we ended the boys. We're able to put a bow on it. And we have opened up with the, the Umbrella Academy that won. We are cognizant, loyal listener, of the fact that season two dropped. We're recording this on Sunday. It dropped on Friday. And therefore, we are going to do something a little bit different with the review. We're going to review episode one today. Because that's just what we've always done. And the idea came up right before the show, pulling the curtain back. But we figured, since we want to catch up to season two and maybe try to review it a little bit on time with the the season being dropped, we're going to do a little binge watching and do this more as a season review as opposed to maybe an episode-by-episode review. And so we're floating the idea of maybe getting through about half the season next week and just do it in halves to knock it out because I think it's a 10-episode season, right? So it'd be four episodes for next week and then five episodes the following week. And then we could dive into season two. However, we, you know, maybe back the way we normally do. Yeah, I I like Um, it. I mean, we do have, we have to be cognizant of the fact that the boys season two is going to drop on what, September 4th. So we got to be done with umbrella Academy in time to pick up the boys and then Mandalorian. So yeah, it's uh, suddenly we got it, Patrick. We've got to, (laughs) You want to see that boat go through the whale? I understand. (laughs) You got to figure that's in the first five minutes of uh, season two, right? Who knows? I mean, we we got no context on that clip, but no. But yeah, so we did the Umbrella Academy episode one uh, for this week. Sounds like yeah, we'll do we'll do episodes two through five for next week, and then six through ten we'll wrap up season one, and then we can get into breaking down season two. Sweet. But, bef- but before we can get there, we were introduced on the Umbrella Academy this week. I think I'm the only one. Dave and I have watched a cold. Mm-hmm. DP has seen it all and is doing a rewatch. So you're the man in the know. You're also the little birdie. Halfway through season have. two. You may can neither confirm. I don't know. Neither confirm nor deny. You would not have been good in the hangover. You broke the pack. The wolf pack. <laughs> I did. Code. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. It's been my favorite show since season one dropped and couldn't wait any longer. I had to know. And I've read the comics, too. So I, I had to know if they were going to follow the comics or if they were going to go off script there. Have they fought? OK, well, without giving away spoilers, because I haven't read the comics, have they followed the comics or have they gone in their own direction? Uh, season one has, for the most part, followed the comics. Obviously, they took some liberties with having to, you know, fill in gaps because it's, you know, it's a TV show as opposed to reading, you know, the comic book. But generally, for the most part, it does follow the comics very well. Um, they do jump around a bit because, you know, there's about three volumes of the comics right now. And in this first season, they kind of jump between one, the first volume and the second volume and kind of tie them together. So it's, but I, I like it. It's, it's definitely very familiar. If you do read the comics, uh, you know, they take some liberties, but generally it's the same. So, yeah. So looking at this first episode, this, this first episode, like every other series we've been watching so far, 
is really the foundational episode, laying out our characters, giving us a sense of what's what is the Umbrella Academy, who who these various characters are. The series opens with this story of these children who were all born on the exact same day to women who were not previously pregnant and all seem to have special abilities. And this eccentric billionaire who makes it his mission to adopt as many of them as he can. And he manages to adopt seven. And with those seven, he creates the Umbrella Academy where you learn that he has been training them as well as it looks like experimenting on them to at least learn the extent of their powers and their abilities. And so far, all we've seen is that they foiled a bank robbery in, in pretty gruesome way, fashion, but that they foiled a bank robbery to introduce themselves to the world. We are brought in as this billionaire has died and the children who have gone about their own separate lives are coming back to this mansion where they grew up. We get a we get a little bit of baggage. That's 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 where we are. We get some baggage. Not exactly the happy cohesive family, that's for sure. Well, Which is to be expected, yeah. Right. It's funny too. I I watching it again, I watched the similarities be, you know, between the boys show and this one because of Seven. The, seven's a magic seven, number. Seven and they have some they have some kind of powers and it's more of a trying to live with those powers in the real world and you know going on with your life and being having a tough upbringing and not you know not being so super as far as superheroes go when it you know right. just in regular life so it's 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 kind of funny how they are very similar not as dark obviously as the boys but similarly in just the powers and trying to use your powers in a real life situations. Yeah. And there, there seems to be a rivalry of sorts, Dan, maybe you'd know this, uh, between umbrella Academy and doom patrol. The two shows, uh, chirp at each other quite a bit. Is, is, is have you seen that as well? I, I guess I haven't paid attention to that part. I'm going to have to, I'll I haven't watched doom patrol think, yet. So, and that's true, but well, yeah. that's true. But <laughs> Yeah, it's, I thought uh, you were going to talk. About, I thought you were going to talk about Luther and Diego because there's clearly oh, friction that. in there. Oh yeah, there's there's lots of friction there, and uh, I like they start off Luther's on where the moon, Mars, somewhere he's on like the moon. that. He's on the yeah. moon. Yeah, it looks like he's on the moon. Yep. And uh, and, and what just looks like a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's some RV parked on the dark side of the moon, and I'm just hanging out here kicking it. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting episode. It's it's a little hard to grasp exactly all the nuances of what's going on in the first episode, but like you said, yeah, like it does make you think. Okay, well, he's got seven, which means that there's 36 that are still floating around out there, which you know are going right. to come into the uh, the forefront fairly quickly. But yeah, it, I mean, my thing is like, okay, how did these women spontaneously become pregnant and give birth all in the same day? That's um, that's one hell of a accelerated uh pregnancy cycle so <laughs> yeah it was all like within the course of an hour like yeah got yeah one minute i'm I, birth yeah one hour. minute i'm sitting in russia with my boyfriend giving <laughs> like, him a smooch then i jump in the pool my water breaks and now i'm giving birth fuck that's <laughs> how does that how does that conversation go at home yeah i don't know how was i born well <laughs> come to think Honey, of it surprise yeah uh, here's your grand, baby here's your granddaughter so, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. 
So let's let's break down some of these characters here. So, you know, we just talked about Luther, who looks to be like he's he's definitely believed in his father, quote unquote father, uh, Sir Reginald Hargreaves. He is overly muscular. looks like he has super strength uh, and seems to take on the big brother role, trying to be like the responsible, you know, foundation of the group you have diego who clearly suffers from middle child syndrome in my opinion in some way shape or form looks like he constantly is seeking validation from sir reginald while also feeling highly competitive to his brother luther you have allison hargreaves who has the ability to speak into someone's ear and give them a directive to do something and they'll do it. So some level of mind manipulation. She became famous. So she became, it seems I apparently an actress. Is that Looks accurate? Like a movie star. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in a bunch she's, of movies. Yeah. She's on the red carpet. She just got divorced from whoever she was. She was with. You have Klaus who can talk to dead people. He's Haley Joel Osment. And that uh, is, is my wife's, favorite character my niece's favorite character is klaus and i can you can see in episode one why he's right. got charisma and lots of it and also serious issues. substance abuse yes, issues absolutely so, uh, pro- which probably comes with speaking to dead people like honestly this is how i imagine the kid from the sixth sense might turn out like you right. get driven Voices to in your head uh, isn't it the, it's the same oh, kid God. right Right, totally the same kid. (laughs) That's that's brilliant. That's that's what I call casting. Hey, DC, take note. That's how you cast people. Fuck. Anyway, go on. (laughs) You have number five, who is the most mysterious of the bunch, who has the ability not only to teleport, but apparently travel through time. And he comes back to the group from the future with the big reveal that he has been to the end of the world that it happens eight days from this funeral and that he doesn't know how to stop it. We also know that he's being followed by somebody. Uh, and he's 58 years old, but in the form of a child, like in the body of his child itself. Yeah. Which he leads was, to that was some really so cool. funny interactions. Like when he's in the donut shop before the fight breaks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about the kid. Coffee. And talking about what he remembered it being like, I'd go there with his brothers. He's like waxing nostalgic to this driver, this cab <laughs> driver, and he's like, "What are you? What are you talking about? Like you're a kid." It was it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we learned too much fun. Right, Ellen Page, the most probably the most famous actress out of the group that that people would recognize. She plays Vanya, who at this juncture apparently is not displaying any powers. Now, yeah, in Harry Potter vet- terminology, she'd be a, a squib, a right? Squib. But but here's the thing: is the veteran, the veteran television watcher that is me, assumes that those powers will manifest at some point, and will go ooh, and she'll be like the most powerful one of all. She'll be Dark Phoenix, right? <laughs> and then the sixth child we see at the tail end of the episode, Ben has died somehow, but we don't know how. Which is unfortunate because it looks like his power is the coolest. Right. Like the Kraken. He's like, uh, right? you know, just bursts out into the... tentacles and kills him. Yeah. 
He could he be saw the, that the bank robbery. Yeah. Yeah. He could be the mascot for the Seattle hockey team. He could be the mascot for the Seattle hockey team. I can't wait to see more of him, even if it's in the past. And he is sitting there next to uh, who Klaus at the end of the episode. Klaus, and Klaus yeah, is talking to Klaus him. is talking to him. Yep. Yep. Talking about waffles. <laughs> waffles, waffles. Yeah, it's it's a it's a I don't even know if you called it a world building episode. It's just like, okay, we're gonna just start the train a roll in here and you guys go and digest what's happening here in in episode one and like there's quite a bit of shit going on here in episode one. I'm not sure I've got a grasp on any of it yet, but it does sound fun. And I, I agree with you, DP. There are a lot of uh, parallels that you can draw between that and the boys. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's there. Yeah, definitely some that are the same. And don't forget about uh, Pogo, who's out there as well. Yes. Right. Chimpanzee. That's the, yeah. How does that work? <laughs> it was created by by Sir Reginald Hargreaves. That's what we yeah. learned. And Robot Mom. <laughs> Robot and the robot mom. I figured that yes. out pretty quick because she was just so emotionless. I'm like, that's got to be an android. There's no way that's a human because she's just like, yeah. oh yeah, nothing's nothing's working with her. And yeah, robot mom. Um, well, she's with them like when she's with them as children, and then you see them as adults. She didn't age. So, and when she comes, and when she comes out and sees them, she has no concept that they like ever left. And it makes me like, wonder if she, if the mom was a human at some point, then maybe died. And then Sir Reginald made a robotic version of her as a continuity. I don't know, but it, we're, I guess we're, we're going to find out pretty quick and we're going to get Mary J Blige, which is going to make Platt very happy at some point. Yeah. Yes. I was say, yes. I was very thrilled about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, you know, as you go, you're, you're definitely going to notice this, that it, it, it seems every episode escalates to a new height as you, as you continue through the season for sure. Right. Mary J. Blige, one of the best characters, not not in episode one, but uh, just wait. <laughs> she she patiently, becomes a badass. She is a badass. I'll just say that. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, we're, you know, you said it's definitely a foundation building episode. We didn't really get a sense of the world that they live in. You're correct there, Dave. But we did get a sense of who the team is. Yeah. Or I mean, if you want to call it that the family, if you will, and that it's very dysfunctional. Vanya apparently did something that really hurt the family, but she, she wrote like, an autobiography. Yeah, like a tell-all yeah. or something that. But we, yep. but we don't know really what what was in that 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 caused this rift. And so, I'll be intrigued to see how that sort of develops and moves on too, because I'm assuming that'll be a big part of of this show for a bit. Yeah, you see that when you know there she's kind of walking through. Reginald's looks like his right, kind of office pulls, area and she pulls the book pulls out the book. of that she wrote and there's a little actually a little Easter egg if you notice when she look, flips over to the back the synopsis that's on the back was written by Gerard Way who is huh. the man who wrote the comics was, was pretty interesting I didn't notice that the first time but when I rewatched it I happened to catch that the name on the bottom of the synopsis on the back of the book was Gerard Way. I'm like, huh, how about nice. that? That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> He's become quite influential. He actually wrote an episode of Doom Patrol. So there's that he, there's that crossover. Yeah. And it's like and people are saying, I, I mean, I'm like, look, this is the same guy who wrote Welcome to the Black Parade. So, yeah, he's out there. And I'm good, wondering if that's way. why they're making kind of shots at each other there. Maybe a little bit is because he did. Right. Right. Some of that Doom Patrol, which, yeah. Stay tuned for the special crossover episode, which will be on both HBO Max and Netflix. Can't wait. So that everybody can catch it. Where's Bart Scott when I need him? Can't wait. 
I believe it. I believe it. So we don't know anything really about what's going to happen next other than Doomsday is coming and number five can't figure out how to stop it. Wait, that fucked up monster from Batman versus Superman? Is... Oh, you mean the real Doomsday. I'm sorry, Patrick. I got you. <laughs> right, okay. right. Got oh. it. All right. I'm well, we you. don't know. I mean, it could, could be. Doomsday. It could be Doomsday. Oh, That'd be really messed up. Superman comes flying in. Gets killed. We we get we get Christopher Reeve Superman so he can just spin the Earth backwards because yes. that makes time go backwards. Yeah, exactly. That's consistent. Can we with just physics. acknowledge how stupid of an ending that is. <laughs> yes, Dave, do it. Do it. You have to. You can love the movie. It's fine. I love the movie, but yeah, that makes no fucking it's a sense. Stupid ending. It is just stupid. <laughs> anyway, and I like Superman not as much as Superman two. Because that's a superior movie. We both know that. It Everybody is, knows it. Patrick, it is forbidden for you to interfere with human history. I'm going to fly backwards and so fast that the Earth will spin. completely interfere. Yeah. So it's like, well, scientifically, that would just destroy the planet further. But hey, it's all right. It's the, fair, it's the Ferris Bueller's day off theory of time travel. <laughs> that's right. Just throw, throw shit in reverse and see what happens. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that'll put a bow on episode one for this week. We're going to really come at you hard next week with four episodes of review. So buckle up, kiddos, because it's going to be probably the lion's share of the episode. I actually may flip the format around. We may just do the Umbrella Academy for the second half and the big news item for the for the first half, because I think we're going to we're going to we're going to need more time. Like yeah, we already talked, we already back. talked too much. Yeah, I mean, we can't. I don't think we can review it next week. Like, okay, this is what happened in two. This is three, four. It's just gonna have to be kind of like, okay, here's where we are, and and right. And how did we get there? And try oh to remember God. what happened in one episode. Okay, that's probably not gonna work. But yeah, let's gonna just have to take some notes. Shit, I do I that know. enough for wrestling. I don't want to do that for Umbrella Academy. No, <laughs> no notes. Fair enough. No notes. I don't want to put that on you. <laughs> so. Apparently this week was the week of comebacks because uh, Dave, I think it was you shared a screen rant article to the group talking about a defunct television station, cable, cable station, G4 TV. And the heading I put was G4 TV back because we got a teaser trailer for the return of G4 TV, including attack the show. So, I guess to start this little nugget of news, let's talk about what G4 TV was. And as nerds, why we would be people who would care about this. I leave it to either of you. I defer to DP immediately (laughs) as the video gamer. But yeah, I'm sure it was a it was a major part of your of your life, too. A good handful of bit. I mean, it was it was the place for video games for a lot of things. You know, it showed trailers and gameplays and just talking all things gaming for, for the most part and the tack of the show and what X play was out there. And I think that's where, is that where Olivia Munn got her start as well on there? So, I mean, just some great stuff and and a good place to have where you can learn more about video games where we don't get that anymore in this day and age, other than just going to the internet. So, or the esports, I guess, if you want to watch esports. So, it's awesome. I'm I'm really excited that it's coming back because there was some fun stuff that you could watch and, and get your knowledge. And oh man, it just started pouring raining over here. 
Uh, sorry about that. It's only a yeah. uh, hundred and something out out today. Fuck. Sp- spoken like a bunch of old men sitting around here now. Suddenly, just uh, talking about the weather. God damn it! Yeah. Just got yeah, rainy yeah, out yeah. here. Yeah, uh, yeah. looks like rain. <laughs> yeah, G- but, yeah. Excited for G four to come back for sure. Yeah, I, I mean G four was huge I mean, in the heyday when video gaming really kind of hit its stride. I mean, it's always been popular, but really when it. I don't know if it, you know, if it got more popular, but it really got more mainstream uh, during the late 2000s, early into the 2010s, that sort of thing. G4 is at the center of all that stuff. I mean, like like DP saying, like the show's X Play, Attack of the Show, um, right? Adam Sussler, Morgan Webb, Kevin. Who was what was Kevin's name? Pereira, I think is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kevin um, him and Olivia Munn doing that that thing, and uh, I mean, yeah, Attack of the Show was awesome. Um, X play is where I got all the good video game reviews. I mean, they were, they were pretty harsh on some of the games, but on other ones, I mean, you got to see this stuff ahead of time. G force coverage of E3 was yeah. fantastic. And you don't have that anymore. You've just got to, it's just streaming services and stuff like that, but actually being able to go there, you know, and watch all that stuff going on G four. I mean, I was one of the ones who was just crushed when they decided just to blink out. And the fact that they're coming it back sort of happened one day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you knew yeah. it was... No more G4. It's like you knew it was happening. And it's like when they started to integrate other shit, like, hey, let's throw Star Trek on here. Let's have cops on here. It's like, wait, this isn't G4 anymore. And um, and yeah, about that time, then they just said, well, let's pull the plug. It was going to turn into Spike. Then G4 was gone, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, yes. after six years, you get their Twitter account has been inactive for six years, sends out a tweet that just caught everybody by surprise, and... And yeah, they're going to be back in some fashion in 2021, but that leads to the question of how are they going to do this? Yeah, because it, it, yeah, I just looked it up that they started in 2002, you know, and I, I get, you know, I guess thinking back to then, I mean, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but the internet and, and everything wasn't like as big as it is now where you can get all of this information as you, that you could. And so, you know, G4 TV gave you that outlet for, for video games and for all that type of stuff that you didn't have back then. And e, you know, the E leagues and all that stuff wasn't there. And, and maybe they try and grab some of that um, as well. You know, they can act, actually add in more, you know, different leagues of different games that you can play that you don't get on ESPN or the big ones or something like that. But right. it's, it's great that they're bringing it back. Yeah. That was going to be my question is like, what do they, what do they jump in and sort of see what they can corner? Like what's out there? Cause I perfectly full disclosure. Like I didn't really watch a lot of G4 TV when I was, when it was on working on a college campus, it was often a station you would see either playing in public spaces or like in the lounges or whatever. Um, back in the day when you had television lounges in, in dorms, which is, is somewhat of a rarity anymore. And so, yeah, what what's out there that could be could be, you know, taken over by G4 TV? I don't know about take it over, but if reading that article uh, right the right way, I'm thinking this could be a show that gets placed on uh, that Peacock streaming service. Um, That Mm -hmm. seems like a likely landing spot for it. Uh, The timing is very good because you do have the new consoles coming out. So getting G4 back in there at the beginning of a new life cycle when you've got a lot of these games that are beginning coming out on the new consoles, you got the new consoles themselves. I like DP's idea about uh, more of an exposure for esports, gaming leagues, and things of that nature. 
Um, so there's a few things that, that they can do. I mean, you know, doing like the uh, the whole cheat code. Like, didn't they used to have a show called Cheat on there? They did, yeah. That it, would be it, the other one I thought of, yeah. It, Learn it, some cheat codes. Yeah, it, it, just some cheat codes and some general, hey, this is how we uh, how you get through a level and that sort of thing. But, I mean, if they bring back – all they got to do really is bring back X-Play, Attack of the Show, bring back Cheat. Um, well, I don't even remember some of the other great ones that they had on, on there, you know, um, some eSports coverage. I think they're going to get a lot of mileage out of covering just the new consoles for the next six months, probably at least. Yeah, definitely until uh, definitely until after the holiday season, you can really push that, you know, PlayStation five and Xbox stuff. There's going to be plenty to talk about here coming up. And I think with the esports, with, you know, there's so many different options out there, so many different games that you could play and show, you know, you could even pull in like, you know, Twitch or, or Steam where they show, you know, people stream live gaming of what they're doing. You could put something like that out there. If you get like the the big name pros or something like, hey, we're just going to stream playing this game. We're going to put it on G4 TV so you can watch it. You know, it gives that another outlet as opposed to just putting it out on Twitch or something like that. You could do that for sure, I think. And then just, yeah, I think I kind of like the esports type of thing where there's there's so many other games that they could have them play that you could get out there other than what you see on ESPN. You can there's plenty I think to put out on G4. Yeah, they can uh, they can have some fun with it for a while and really, I mean I don't anticipate it being like it used to be. It's not going to be a whole network unto itself, but a channel on a streaming service makes a lot of sense. Right. So, yeah, more to come on that. It looks like this is going to be something that's going to be exciting for next year, all you gamers out there. Um, I'm sure you're all uh, a quiver, and I'm one of those as well. Please pay no attention to the noise in the background. uh, That is going to be a thing. Is the water coming in? (laughs) The water is coming in, and so the shot back is on. Oh, no. That sucks. It does. So (laughs) There you go. Got to keep it quiet while we do that. Yeah, shh. Don't say anything. To, but I think uh, G4 is going to be have to be covered on a winner as you. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely plan on talking about that and, you know, talk about what they show on this. Uh, or what they, I guess what they decide to come up with, what they're going to talk about and what shows they're going to bring back is definitely going to be something we're going to have to keep track of on the winner is you. That's for sure. Well, folks, uh, we've lost Patrick. He's uh, he's a victim of a tsunami going on there in Massachusetts, and the poor guy in his house and the flooding issues, and just uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Patrick had to cut out of here. Not fun, Dan. No, it's brutal. I mean, I, I it kind of be nice to have your own like slip and slide in your house, but I don't <laughs> think that's the way you want to go about no, having it. That doesn't sound like the optimal way to go. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, no, that sucks. But I tell you what, before we move on to some other topics, and there's one that we kind of are going to ad lib in here a little bit since Patrick is gone, and there's only two of us now, so we might as well come up with something fun and different that he didn't have on the lineup, just to surprise him. Uh, why don't we pay, pay some bills here? Remember that the bandwagon nerds, we are a member of the chairshot.com, the chairshot.com radio network, and all sorts of goodness on the chairshot.com. Uh, let's pay some bills and have uh, listen to some commercials DP and I will be right back to talk uh, some other stuff, especially some Batman news coming up. So here you go. Why should you visit the chairshot.com? 
TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything progressive. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ooh, new music for PC Tunney's segment there. That's right. We had to put some new music to the Angry Lemonade finally. Good, yeah. Uh, it's the, time. the Shield stuff was like, you know, that's kind of so a little passe. Great. Uh, yeah, well. A great faction. Greg, our, our man, Greg DeMarco, I had to call an audible and request some new music behind it. So Good we man. did what we had to do. I do miss the Roman. This is my yard now with the cascade of booze behind him. That never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what is new on a winner is you? What 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 are people tuning in this week? What are they going to get, DP? Oh man, we're we're talking uh, a lot of games, especially with August. You know, being the beginning of August, we talked all things about what's coming out. You know, the, the Madden twenty one obviously is the big one. You know, it's it's sports season for video games, and Madden twenty one's coming out. We've got PGA Tour two K twenty one. I pre ordered that. Are excited about? I pre ordered that. Th- I did, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited it's been it's been a while before we since we've had a since the golf club golf game was it the golf club know? two years ago which uh was eh, it was all right it's good but you know it's not the same and it's not you know having the pga tour behind it and having actual name you know recognition of players and having the actual tournaments that you yeah. can go do and play the whole thing and, and start as a rookie and play your whole seasons it's it's something we've been missing for a long time i mean speaking of sports games one that's coming out in just a couple weeks that seems to have a lot of buzz is ufc4 um and ea sports seems to have totally revamped that game and really which is not very ea like because typically they just blow off fans and shit on a lot of their expectations and demands and requests Uh, ufc4 seems to have played a lot of service to the fans requests like fixing the submission system um a lot of different takedowns, grapples, and things like that. So uh, I don't know how much you've seen about that, but that looks encouraging. Yeah, we were we talked about that one a little bit. Um, you know, I was a big fan of the first one that came out however long ago, UFC 1, and it was really good. And then yeah, they kind of changed things a bit in 2 and 3 that were just not – it wasn't as entertaining to play. And I'm, I'm hoping with the, everything that they're doing with this one that – It'll be a little better. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that it's not going to be out for PC immediately, that if I do want to play it, I have to get it for the PS4, which might be okay, but I just, I've been, I've been trans, transferring to being more of a PC gamer, so it's 
it's disappointing in that sense, but now, that's it, okay. As a PC gamer, do you use the mouse and keyboard setup or do you bring in a controller? Depends on the game. If it's a kind of first person shooters, I will play with the mouse and keyboard, but generally everything else, I do have an Xbox controller that I use for that. Yeah, like I've wanted to get like the Halo Master Chief collection, but it's like, you know, I mean, I, I would not like that's when I wouldn't want to try with a mouse and keyboard because I'm just like so used to the controller. It's like, I don't want to retrain myself and all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It is a little difficult if you have if you're not used to it, any, you know, yeah. especially going away from it for so long. It's it's hard to train yourself back. I hear you, man. Well, getting back on track with uh, what Patrick had set up for us, uh, we got a trailer this week. For a, it's, uh, I don't know if it's part of the DC animated universe or the DC animated movies, that sort of thing, but it was a trailer for Batman Death in the Family, which is um, one of the most highly regarded storylines in DC comics. I think it was like from 1990 or something like that is when they did this thing. And, um, you know, the, the trailer kind of, it's interesting that it's gone very interactive with this thing. And I, and I don't know, I wanted to ask your opinion on this DP and see what you thought. Is this a separate movie or is this something that they've added on to under the red hood uh, that was already released for DC animation quite some time early in DC animations like life cycle under the red hoods. Fantastic. I mean, great, great, great animated movie. Um, this, I don't know if it's something separate or something that they've added on to under the red hood. I don't know if you picked up on anything there. From what I read, you know, looking at this uh, article here, and it looks like Under the Red Hood was in 2010 right. was when that one was released, is that it's, they say that it's kind of like relive the Under the Red Hood. So I, I don't think it's going to be any kind of continuation or I guess it's going to be in a sense separate, but a similar story. Um, it's kind of strange how they're going to do that. And being interactive is going to be really weird, I guess, on how you do that. I, I mean, I, the best that I could figure out from this, from looking at it, is that and you said you'd, you'd read the death of the family storyline. Yeah, we were which, talking earlier. I, I thought I, when I saw this, I'm like, oh, cool. I just I literally just finished reading death of the family. And I thought it was the same thing, but it is a completely different story. It is from a death in the family when, right. I, when I looked it up. So the death in the family storyline just just really basically stated I think this was back in the eight, early 90s, late 90s, or something like that, mid-90s. Um, it involved Batman and uh, Jason Todd, who I think was the second Robin. After yes. Dick, Dick Grayson was Robin, and then he became Nightwing, and then Jason Todd came in. And there was a storyline involving where the Joker has got Jason Todd trapped in some warehouse somewhere. And he's uh, basically just beats the hell out of him and he's left on the verge of death. And so DC put it to the fans as to whether this character, Jason Todd lived or died and the fans voted and the fans voted for him to die. So they killed him off, which led to the rest of the death of in the family storyline. So this is kind of the same way, but it seems to me what they've done is they've already filmed all three options. So the three options that they've got here is either, you know, Robin dies or Robin cheats death, or Batman saves Robin. That sort of thing. Those are your options. So I imagine that you go through the movie up to a certain point, and then you have the choice to make. And whatever choice you make is how the movie is going to end. So theoretically, you could watch all three, I would imagine, and that sort of thing, which is going to be kind of fun to say, okay, well, alternate endings are great. Now you've got the ultimate alternate ending wrapped around this 
excellent story involving Batman and Joker and then you know the Red Hood, who eventually does become Jason Todd through a lot of use of uh, Ra's al Ghul's Lazarus pits and things that are far too complicated to talk about here. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's a unique format on this that um, that I'm I'm very interested to see how it turns out. I mean, I, it's certainly one that I'd want to pick up just to see, okay, let's see how they handle the three different endings. But uh, what are your thoughts on this DP? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's kind of cool. And it, that's kind of, I, I guess I assume that that's kind of the way you can do it, right? You'd be able to watch all the different endings if you want to, and but you can just see what they do on how they decide to play it out, depending on which one you choose, which is kind of cool. And, and, you know, back when I was a, a younger fella, I enjoyed the choose your own adventure books where yes. you could, you know, pick which way you went and everything. And so that's kind of neat that you can do this in a, in a movie. And, and I think it's going to be fun and it's definitely a, a, a darn good story to tell uh, via movies. And I'm, I'm going to go read the comics since apparently I read the, the wrong one. Not that I was trying to read this one on purpose, but I was, that was the volumes I was going down. And um, it's, this one looks really cool. And I, I do like the Jason Todd. I, I, storyline and it kind of be cool if they gave you the option where Jason Todd becomes a Joker that would kind of be neat too but, that'd be fun you know so uh, for uh, the people listening <laughs> the death of the family in a briefly what does that involve De- yeah death of the family was more the Joker coming back um, I, I guess I didn't read the previous story to it because some in some way shape or form he lost his skin his skin got kind of burned off or whatever. And, and it was, I don't know, Commissioner Gordon was holding onto his face for some reason. And he kind of went back into when he made a comeback after a couple months of disappearance, he came and got his, got his face skin back and tied it onto his face. And it was really awful looking Joker. Like, and I don't mean awful in a bad way. I mean, like he was just terrifying looking the way they drew him in the comics, which was really cool. And he basically was almost reliving his first kind of kills and the way he first kind of came back, came in as the Joker, but yet doing them slightly differently to kind of throw off Batman. And so he, you know, Batman knew what was coming, but he didn't know how he was going to get there anymore. And um, basically the Joker was stating that he knew who Batman was. He knew who all the other guys were. He knew all the, you know, the actual names of everybody and said he was going to come after all of them, basically. And Batman trying to shield them all didn't didn't tell them that they he was coming after him. Just told him to stay away because that's what Batman does. Because he's you know the lone wolf. And eventually, the Joker gets them all captured in in this you know room where he has this like feast set up, and he has them all kind of tied up and you know in covered up in hoods and finally captures Batman and has all these guys and he's going to basically kill them all in one shot in this room. And that's kind of where it goes. I don't, I don't know if I want to spoil it necessarily. If you nah, want to read it, I don't spoil it. <laughs> it sounds good right further. up until there, but it's, yeah, it's basically, you know, the Joker to, uh, you know, times 10, but yet, you know, and initially doing the same things he did, uh, but just slightly different so that he, you know, Batman's trying to figure out what's the difference between them. Yeah. Joker's a, an evolving character. That's uh, that's for sure. Depending on what story you're reading uh, determines how maniacal he really is. And, and death of the family is uh, one variation. Death in the family is another variation. He's pretty fucked in both of them. 
I think probably like the killing joke is the worst of the Joker that you get to see that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds good. This will be fun. I mean, another good addition to the DC animated stuff. I know they've got, I think Superman man of tomorrow is coming out pretty soon, which will be another good, uh, graphic novel novel adaptation and DC animated. We've said it many times, absolutely knocks it out of the park. Just about, you know, nine out of 10 times. It's going to be excellent. So they don't make bad animated films. And, and this looks like a unique experience for people. So I was glad Patrick found that trailer. I did not know they were doing that with Death in the Family. Yeah, really cool. And yeah, if you we talked a few weeks ago about Flashpoint and them doing that yeah. animated one, which was really awesome if you watched that. And, you know, so yeah, some really good stuff coming out of DC for animated shows for sure. And actually at, at the bottom of this article too, I was really excited to hear uh, John DiMaggio is going to voice the Joker, and he's one of my favorites. Who did you know Bender from Futurama? If you're a Futurama fan, yeah. And, uh, so, really, really good stuff. John DiMaggio is a great voice actor, and him doing the Joker should be pretty cool. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. So, uh, something to keep your eyes out. When do they say? When does that come out? Do you, did they give a release date on that? Uh, it says fall of 2020, so it should be pretty quick here. Ooh, yeah, lots of stuff happening in the fall of 2020. And not all of it's bad, folks, just some of it. But um, on the negative side of things, uh, movie theaters are, is Marcus Theaters, are they still open or have they shut back down? Marcus Theaters are still open. Um, I, th- I haven't looked if all of them are open, but there are, most of them are open for in limited capacities. Okay. Because the, uh, the big news topic that I know Patrick wanted to talk about was the deal that was struck between AMC and Universal, um, a unique these two were at odds with each other because Universal wanted to basically release things to streaming uh, the same day that they were going to hit the theaters uh, pro- byproduct of COVID and all that sort of stuff. Um, this pissed off AMC greatly, and uh, they threatened that they would not carry any more Universal movies in the theaters, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, because, you know, AMC is the largest chain of theaters that's out there right now. And I mean, they got other other places, you know, I mean, Universal is one of the largest distributors of pictures. Yeah. Universal Warner Brothers uh, DC, which, of course, includes Marvel and DC and all that kind of stuff and Star Wars, too. But um, they've apparently struck a deal that that's interesting in that uh, any Universal flick is going to have like, what is it, a 17 day exclusivity period in the theaters, which is roughly three weeks more or less well less actually but it's roughly three weeks and then it can go to streaming services which is a drastic decrease from traditionally it's been 90 days i believe three three months before it would go to the earliest it could go to video so now you've cut that down massively um in some respects it it seems like a a good deal okay well now amc is going to have some of these universal movies and how does this translate over to some of the other companies that are out there, but at the same time, it is a drastic reduction in that downtime that previously existed. So uh, what are your thoughts on this thing, DP big, big news coming out between AMC and universal. And, and does this redefine really how movies are going to be handled moving forward? I mean, is this a long-term thing? Is this just a COVID sort of stopgap? Cause I think what they, once they go down this path, there is no going back. No, I don't think so. And if it's successful for Universal, it's, you know, obviously the rest of the movie companies are going to pick up on this and, and do the same thing. I, I, you know, and I also I think it could change things. You know, they talk about 17 days and, 
you know, with movies, depending on generally get released on Thursdays, maybe Fridays. Uh, but there are some that, you know, release on Wednesdays just because of the popularity. I, I think it may change the time frame of when you release movies, too, because you're going to want a full three weekends to get that revenue for sure. And obviously they did some research, I'm sure, and figured out that after, you know, three weeks or so, the, the money that comes in from those movies and the theaters probably just isn't worth it or, you know, isn't enough to make it worth keeping in theaters. And, you know, they're allowed to, you know, they're okay with getting rid of it and not waiting the full 90 days. And boy, if that, if that's successful and true, then I definitely see all the other places, you know, all the other movie studios going this route as well. Uh, you know, and it also depends, I guess, on what they do when that goes to the video on demand. Do they, you know, after those 17 days, are they going to be available for rent at the same price that they do like now, you know, in the regular life state, I guess, this non-COVID state where it's, you know, five bucks to rent it for 24 hours or are they going to try and charge, you know, like they're doing now with some of these movies like they did with Trolls and all that where it's, you know, 20 bucks and you get it for rented for three days or something like that. You know, it kind of may depend on that too. If they go that route where those, I guess, the extra 15 days or so that we have between that 90-day period do they charge you more for that on-demand rental or are they going to charge you that kind of five bucks? You know, right. that may make a big difference. I think. Yeah. I think you're onto something there that, that 17 to 90 day period. I mean, we're assuming that it's still a 90 day period that after 90 days you can buy the movie. Um, but right. yeah, what happens between, but, but you're exactly right. And, and I was thinking the same thing that three, three weeks usually is the run in the movies, maybe a month. You know, three to four weeks is usually when a movie is in the yeah. theaters where you've captured just about all the revenue you're going to cap, or at least most of the revenue you're going to capture off of that that movie's uh, cinema run, that sort of thing. So, in that respect, I, I I think you're right. They've done the research on this and they figured, okay, well, 17 days. That's about on average we can see a discernible leveling off of of revenue after that point in time. So yeah, let's throw it on to. A streaming service and yeah you can rent it but i imagine it's going to be comparable to a movie ticket uh like a movie experience like you say 19 20 bucks to rent it for a few days and then after 90 days you can buy it so in that respect universal comes out smelling like a rose on this thing because either they're going to get the money in the theaters or they're going to get you know the money for a full value rental for periods days 18 through 90 and then they're probably going to recoup some of that when people start buying it after the 90th day. Um, for AMC, it's not such a great thing, but at least they're not losing out completely. And I mean, yeah, from their standpoint, I guess AMC could be sitting there saying, look, after three weeks, nobody's kind of, you know, we've just, we're just wasting space. We've got, you know, Endgame, despite the great run that Endgame had. Okay, after 17 days, you had, you know, at least one of your theaters is now essentially not being used to its maximum effectiveness. You know, it's like, well, no one's in there. There's like five people sitting in there. It's just a waste of space. So maybe uh, AMC is anticipating a lot more turnover with movies trying to get caught up from this COVID thing. And they're like, look, if we just spit these things out, get these movies in there, get the maximum amount of people in there, we can recoup some of our losses in a shorter period of time. It's, I, I'm not sure it's going to work out quite the way that they hope for, but still it seems like, um, 
it seems like a good idea. I mean, a good win-win. Do you, do you, what are your thoughts on other uh, studios kind of following that? I mean, Disney's the one that is the big barometer in all this thing. If they follow suit, then yeah, the industry is, is, is changed forever as we know it. Um, what, what are your feelings on what Disney will do with this thing? They've been kind of quiet about the whole dispute and now they've got, okay, well, how do we want to follow that business model? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious myself, which way they're going to go with this thing. And they're probably still just waiting it out to hope things go back to, uh, closer to a hundred percent of a normal state. Cause I, I kind of feel like this may be the way to go. It may de- and I think it depends on what they do in that on-demand service. Like, like I mentioned between that 17 and, and 90 day period on what they charge for you to rent it or to uh, buy it in a sense, I guess. And, and if that changes at all, they can, you know, obviously they can change that rule, right? It's, <laughs> it's nothing written in stone that it has to be 90 days. So, you could do something else, but I, man, I just feel this is a good business model. I think it gets more people into the product who don't want to go to the movie theaters, but still want to watch that show or movie, especially when people that have kids and things like that, or just sometimes it's a pain in the ass to get out there. And, you know, I know we talked about this, you know, a while ago on some other shows that it can get expensive when it comes to going to the movie theaters. And if, you know, it hurts the movie theater business, but how much is it hurting the movie studio because they're still getting their cut of money if you release it on on demand you know and charge 20 bucks or something like that you can you're still getting that money for the movie business it's just the the theater that's hurting yeah and it be interesting to see what what how that happens because i think this is a better way to go i mean for, just for me personally because i do have a nice kind of theater setup down here yeah. and i rather watch here and make my own popcorn and just kind of relax and enjoy it rather than having to go out to the theater. But uh. <laughs> yeah, you think about it, a family four going to the movies, right? Okay. Let's say each ticket on average is going to be what? Seven fifty eight bucks, right? So there's yep. 32 bucks right there. Um, if, unless you're not, if you're not eating anything, then great. But if you're getting anything, then you're looking at doubling that. So it's yeah. at least a $64, $65 venture that, that, and, and yeah, the movies are, 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 let's be honest. The reason why that shit costs so much there is because the movie theaters are gouging you for that experience and, and making just this box of milk duds that I bought for $1 or 50 cents at, at, at wholesale, I'm going to turn around and sell for five bucks. It's <laughs> right. a remarkable ripoff, but They've been doing that forever. And, and that's, I think you're absolutely right. That's where they're losing a lot of money. Um, but, you know, you've got, uh, they're, they're, you know, AMC's not the only theater chain out there. You've got Regal, you've got Marcus, you've got, what a Studio Movie Grill do with this stuff? You know, because they're like, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we have to maximize our space because we can't have, I mean, when you're operating a full kitchen, it's one thing to have a concession stand you know, a snack counter, that sort of thing. When you're operating a full kitchen and full meals and, you know, you've really got to make the most use out of your space and your time and your resources. So it it's, um, but yeah, I, I, I have my doubts that things ever go back to the way they were because once you go down that path, then people start getting an expectation. It's like, fuck, I don't want to wait 90 days. Just give it to me. I want to just rent it at home. I mean, uh, the big movie runs probably not going to you're not going to notice a big difference when Black Widow hits, 
when you know Thor love and uh, love and war hits when some of these big huge Avengers 5 eventually hits everybody's going to be going to the movies anyway because yeah you've got the studio set up DP but a lot of us don't and it's like well I want to get that big screen experience I want to I want to and and there is a lot of there's going to be nostalgia you know you and I do wrestling podcasts so we both know how powerful nostalgia can be there is going to be that nostalgia factor to go to the theaters and say well I want to watch a movie like I used to and yeah I know I'm going to get bent over and pay eight dollars for a bucket of popcorn but i'm okay with that i consent to this you know that sort of thing uh so it's gonna be an interesting time to be sure but it's a uh it's it's like the news story was one thing but the far-reaching impact of what this means for the movie industry and how we consume movies uh, i think that's the bigger story here yeah, and I and don't get me wrong, I do love joy. I do love going to the movie theaters. It's a it's a good experience, and it's it's fun. And like yeah, like you said, those those big ones are probably aren't going to see as big of an effect. And it's nice to go out there and have that that group and you know that whole theater, everybody there, everybody cheering and enjoying and, and certain things is is something that you know you would definitely miss being just at home watching that. So some of those having that big experience is is definitely worth going to the movie theaters for. And it's, you know, again, if they did some of that research and figured out that they're not making as much money and it's, you know, they're okay just to reach this deal with universal. I can definitely see other people following suit with it. And you know, the quicker turnover in in the movie business for what's in the theater, maybe the prop, maybe the issue. And there's plenty of movies out there that they can have that 17 day turnover and pop a new movie in there and continue on. It's just not, you know, those popular, those big movies are just going to not be in the theaters as long. And that, I think that's okay. I do, I fear for the, some of these with the size of the movie theaters nowadays that, you know, they're almost going to need to compact themselves somehow. And, and, you know, being more of a, like half their building is about what the usage is going to be. Cause they're just going to have too many, you know, theater rooms that aren't going to be being used because of the quicker turnover. So that's going to be probably the biggest issue for them to survive, I guess, is, is what I'm worried about. Yeah. Like the, like the theaters that have IMAX screens and things like that, you know, how does that, how does that work? Because not all movies are going to be made for IMAX and usually you like you let, I mean, but, but the thing is, I, I think what we should also stress is that there's no indication that after 17 days, those movies magically vanish from the theaters. You could probably still go to the movies and get the experience there. It's just going to be available at home as That's well. That's true. So That's true. In that respect, yeah, if we've got something running in IMAX, you know, I think we've got one IMAX theater here in Bakersfield. And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, after 17 days, you can watch this at home, but it's not the same experience. You really need to experience this in IMAX and that sort of thing. So... In that respect, if there's movies that are are doing, I mean, it just creates a little bit more options. I think I don't know that that it's a it's necessary necessarily a death knell for some of these things, but yeah, I think it does create flexibility on both sides to kind of look at um, this 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 situation a little bit differently. Because yeah, let's if we're not going to get a vaccine until the early part of next year, you got to come up with something different. Otherwise, that's a movie theaters are just a big waste of space right now just as big like gyms they're just sitting there taking up yeah. a lot of space and nothing's happening that's a that's a good point i I, just, I didn't think necessarily think about that that after the 17 days doesn't mean it's gone from the movie theater you just have the option to watch it that's what i'm thinking at home and honestly i think 
boy, I, I'm going to say, man, now that you think just put that in my head and I totally didn't think about that, but I, I, I'm, I'm more leaning now that this is even better of an idea and that more, more studios will follow suit because if it's a movie, you know, that, you know, people like me, I go, I'll go for the big releases, you know, the Avengers movies and then things like that. But some movies I just, I'm like, I don't want to go to the theater and see it. I'll wait for it to come out on video. How many well, times have, have we said 90 that? Days. How many times have we all said that? I, just movies yeah. coming out. I'll wait for that one to come out on on DVD or, or or streaming. Right, and you don't, you know, and now I don't have to wait 90 days. I can wait 17 days, pay a little extra, but I get to watch it a little earlier. Is that something I would do? Yeah, I would. Right. And now you're getting a little extra money out of me because I'm watching it now at home, where I wouldn't go to the theater to watch it, but I'm paying. Whatever, you know, let's say they charge 15 bucks or 20 bucks as opposed to five to rent it, you know, 90 days from now, I'll, I'll pay the extra money to watch it a little earlier so that I can, you know, watch it, you know, like the Joker was one of the ones I, I, yeah, I really wanted to see it, but I, I kind of didn't want to go to the movie theater to watch it. Sure. And then I had to wait for it to come out on video, but I would have, I would have happily paid a little extra money to watch it at home. Yeah. Yeah, and and to be clear, we don't know for sure that that's what they're doing, but it sounds it makes sense that okay, the theaters have exclusivity. And you know, going back to video game jar, we we all know what exclusivity means. Okay, this network or this platform has it for a while. Because how many exclusive video games have we seen that don't remain exclusive forever? Now, granted, with video games it's a lot longer cycle like a year or something like that, but if you're going to say like, okay, this movie theater's got you've got the exclusive right to show this only in the movies for 17 days, then we're going to put it on streaming. But yeah, you can still go to the movies and watch it. Then, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good solution. So it'll be something to keep our eyes on, uh, you know, assuming they ever get this shit under control and we can start going back to the movies, yeah. <laughs> go back to the movies this one is, day. Give us the option. Outside. <laughs> yeah, because right now, right now, it's like, uh, you know, movies are just sitting on, it's just like like a like a backlog at the at the airport, right? Everybody's just waiting, taxied on the runway, waiting to take off, and you can't move because there's some massive snowstorm or some bullshit's going on. There's a a bird flock or something in the in the air, and you can't take off. Uh, so you get the feeling that there's a lot of movies that are kind of like that. I mean, we know Black Widow is pretty much done. We know wonder and maybe this does open. Maybe this clears the path for movies like Black Widow to be released for movies like Wonder Woman 1984, where they could say, hey, look, man, we're just going to we're going to put this out on uh, on streaming right now because we're falling too far behind. And, and now we can recoup some of our costs that are just sitting around doing nothing. Let's yeah, let's put Black Widow out on streaming for twenty five dollars for you get it for like two nights or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe well, the, all these these studios that have all these that are sitting there. I mean, I know they have a ton of money, but how much money can you can you just be burning through until you finally got to be like, I got to do something here. Yeah. I got to get something out. And Disney's bleeding, you know, with all, with the exception of Disney World, where people are just still fuck it, we're going. Uh, you know, all those parks are still. Most of them are still shut down, which we know is a big loss of money to them. California ain't opening anytime soon, which. Uh, my wife, they were talking about going to downtown Disney. I was like, why? Just because it's downtown Disney. He's like, what are you going to do? Go to the front gate and look longingly at Main Street and just wish you could climb the fence and touch the gate, which is probably electrified by now. So I was like, <laughs> well, anyway, but uh, enough about that. Well, the one thing I did wanted to add on to this thing that we uh, you, Dan and I were talking about a little bit uh, during the commercials and stuff was um, 
we got some Witcher news, actually. You know, talking about shows, we're going to start binging Umbrella Academy. We got a little bit of Witcher news this week, although it's not related to season two. Although I think that's going to start filming in the next month or two is what I understand. So that's good news. But um, they're going to do like a prequel, Witcher Blood Origin, coming to Netflix. We don't know when. We don't know where this ties in with uh, with the Witcher you know, uh, season two. It feels kind of like a Fear the Walking Dead sort of corollary to the Walking Dead side kind of a situation. But it's apparently a story set 1,200 years before the events of the Witcher season one involving the very first Witcher, DP. I know I'd kind of dropped this on you last second, but... What are your thoughts on this? We're going to get some more Witcher action. We might get a double dose of Witcher action in 2021. Right. This is really interesting. I, I'm, you know, at that point, I, I kind of surprised that they didn't do this one first. I mean, because it is definitely a good. It's a cool idea, and it's cool that they, you know, going back to the origin to to figure out, you know, where these Witchers started from and the original Witcher, I guess, and in Blood Origin, and you know and how this whole thing came to be is, is kind of cool. It it doesn't look like we have a, any release date or any date of when they're going to start filming it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, or if they're going to film at the same time here as, as they start doing season two here next month, uh, you know, they might film it in parallel. I, I'm going to guess since it's the origin, they're not going to have uh, Henry Cavill in the, in there playing his character. Cause he's not around yet. No. Nope. Uh, so, you know, it's it's really cool that they're gonna. I think you read you read the plot point here earlier that it was I read it to I read it to you twelve hundred years before. Yeah, the <laughs> Netflix's uh, summary basically set in an elven world twelve hundred years before the world of The Witcher. Blood Origin will tell a story lost to time, the origin of the very first Witcher, and the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres when the worlds of monsters, men, and elves merged to become one. Shit, Dan, take my money. Right now, just take right. it. Just take it. And then there's something in this article. The veteran Witcher, Vesemir, is set to appear in season two of The Witcher, and he's supposedly 600 or 700 years old. So we're going to get multiple Witchers in season two, which is going to expand the world greatly. That's going to be cool. And then, yeah, kind of reading that, I think, you know, it, it would seem that, you know, season two is going to come out prior to this Blood Origin prequel which will be pretty interesting then because they're probably going to obviously tie this in having Vesemir in there. And then, you know, he's got to be, well, he's 600, 700 years old. And if this is set 1200 years before, you know, he may have some information about uh, what happened at the beginning, but he obviously doesn't look like he's was around at the time. Right. But there could be some tie-ins, I guess, to stories he might know, um, you know, from the originals that they could, they could tie in as well. I think. Yeah, so now all we really need now, DP, is uh, news on The Mandalorian and Lock and Key, and we'll have covered all of our shows like in one show, but I don't think Beautiful. Gonna... I... I... When's Lock and Key Season 2 filming? <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, never, no idea. Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to happen. Nice. We've got to get to Season 2 of that, too. I mean, that one ended up so messed up that, uh, man, <laughs> we just need to see, see how that goes. But, uh... You know what, folks, that, that's really all, like Patrick said, it's kind of a light light show today, not too much. We're only not even an hour and a half, DP. Jesus. We need to get yeah. rid of Patrick more often. We're quick, right? right? Just fly through this stuff, man. <laughs> no, we hope, <laughs> we hope everything's working out well for Patrick and dealing with home issues, man. That is no fun at all. But uh, 
Before we cut out of here, DP, why don't we let people know where can they check you out and all the various shows that you've got going? You've got many. You've got your fingers uh, in a lot of pies, man, and and not like the American pie pie. It's a lot not of the different. Good, not the good kind of pies. Not the good either. kind. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's getting a little out of control, but we're having some fun. That's for sure. We got, you know, the DWI podcast continues to roll on. You can follow that on Twitter at podcast DWI and, and Facebook at facebook.com slash DWI podcast. And of course the a winner is you podcast that I'm proudly wearing the t-shirt that we released here. And it's magnificent. You can folks. go on pro wrestling slash the chair shot and, and get yourself a winner is you. And it's a, it's a fun t-shirt and you can follow that show We're we're rolling along still as well. We're episode six. I think we just released and, that's on all, all over on Twitter and Facebook at a winner is you, the letter U, a winner is you. And uh yeah, that's uh that's where you can find me. And while you're I suppose the... my regular Twitter at it's me DPP yeah, if you want to as well. Throw I that in there too. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and while you're at pro wrestlingtees.com on the chair shot section, pick up a bandwagon nerds t shirt. Those are available now. Uh DP's I'll let you plug that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, DP's got his on the way. I need to order mine. Uh, as far as me, geez, I was actually in a few places this week, too. I I was uh, guest starring on, not guest starring, that's a terrible word, not guest starring. I was just there on uh, a pot, on Pot is War this week. It was a four-man show. That was a, that show was too much fun. It was uh, a little bit interesting, some of the stuff that the four of us were coming up with. <laughs> A lot of bu- lot of butt chugging of salt water there from Mr. Andrew Belaz, but uh, <laughs> uh, you could also check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A G G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. I imagine somebody must have listened to that because I got a bunch of new likes on Facebook. You know, Twitter followers keep just vanishing because everybody deletes their shit. But whatever. But Facebook is forever, sort of, maybe. That's right. <laughs> That's because nobody goes in there and looks at it anymore. That's right. <laughs> and make sure you're following us at Bandwagon Nerds. Then uh, on Twitter, we got we got two volumes of Kill Bill coming up. We got four episodes of Umbrella Academy to watch. We got a lot of stuff going on here in the next week, which is why we're going to cut really? out of here. I'm not even going to tell you guys to get out of the basement. Just stay in the basement. Watch Umbrella Academy with Dan and I. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll be back next week. Our fearless leader, hopefully will not be underwater next week and will be able to join us. And then he's, uh, he's going to be on hiatus for a couple of weeks. So um, doing real world stuff. How boring. Ah, fuck <sighs> the real world. Who wants that? Shouldn't, shouldn't be able to do that in 2020. There should be no real world things to have to do right now. Really? Reality sucks bad enough. So, <laughs> right. but until next week, bandwagon nerds, and there are many of them uh, on behalf of DP and myself, we will talk to you next week until then. Have fun.
some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs>